Life can be stressful, even under normal circumstances. 2020 has challenged even the most difficult times of life. You need stress relief that goes beyond quick fixes. That's Headspace. Headspace is one of the only meditation apps advancing the field of mindfulness and meditation through clinically validated research and can reduce stress, improve sleep, boost focus, and increase your overall sense of well-being. Go to headspace.com slash C-suite for a free one-month trial. Headspace.com slash C-suite. Is the Rich Dad Radio Show. The good news and bad news about money. Here's Robert Kiyosaki. Hello, hello, hello. Robert Kiyosaki, the Rich Dad Radio Show, the good news and bad news about money. So today we have a very important show. It's about how do you protect the future. Now, if you guys are business people or employees, it doesn't make any difference just because your life depends upon the future. And as a very wise person once told me, there's no such thing as competition. You know, people say, well, who's IBM's competition and who is Apple's competition and all that. Every business person knows your competition is the future. And if you cannot foresee the future, you're toast. And so today we're gonna to be talking about how you, how you see the future and then how you position your business, your brand, your marketing, your life into the future. And, you know, the Rich Dad Company was done on the future. It's because our future, the reason I wrote Rich Dad, Poor Dad 20 years ago and created the cash flow game is for today, not for 20 years ago. Any comments on that, Kim? Yes. Well, the one thing about the Rich Dad Company is we take the complex and we make it simple. And that's what our guests are doing today. And we're going to be talking about demographics. We're going to be talking about how the baby boomers, how Generation X, how Generation Y, how Generation Z is all going to affect you. And then we also have a branding expert with us, and she's going to have. She, we're going to talk to her about how do you put all of these demographics into your brand and into building your business. So, or if you're an employee, as you said, Robert, as an employee, all of this affects every one of us. Right. So the uh, saying I've had for years is, "Demography is destiny." In other words, what is going on in the demographics of a country or a city anywhere depends on the future. So I positioned Rich Dad, Poor Dad with a positioning statement called what the rich teach their kids about money that the poor middle class do not. And as you know, today, we have this massive gap between the rich and everybody else. And so that's why I wrote Rich Dad, Poor Dad. That's why I created the cash flow game. Because 20 years ago, 1997, the economy was booming. Everybody was rich. The most popular book at the time was The Millionaire, Millionaire Next Door, where all you had to do was be a college graduate and drive a Toyota, and you were going to be a millionaire. Well, those days are toast, ladies and gentlemen. So it's a very important program of very two great authors and great speakers, very knowledgeable people. And for those of you who want to know how to position your life for the future, you know, the question is, are you working in the wrong industry? Will your company soon be out of business, or will you ought to be out of business? Well, if you're going to start a business, what should you start? So it's a very important program. Our guests today are Ken Grombach, and our other guest is Laura Reese. And she, her father is my hero. It's Al Reese. And he wrote the book Positioning, a book I read when I was a young starting up entrepreneur. And if you may notice about my style of marketing, I'm always positioning. For example, what the rich teach their kids that the poor and middle class do not. That's called positioning. Or years ago... I was reading Al Reese's book, and it says Avis was going against Hertz, and Avis positioned itself as we're number two, and Hertz was number one, which is why Avis came up with a saying, we try harder. And that became self-positioning. And, and the reason all this is important, because I was just at a conference, and I'm talking to about young entrepreneurs, and Ken and Laura, this is the question I asked them. I said, what's your demographics and what's your positioning? These yo-yos had no idea what I was talking about. They had, I mean, they had no idea. They looked at me like deer in the headlights. And I said, how can you guys call yourself entrepreneurs when you don't understand demographics and you don't understand where your position is inside the demographic range? And let me just add, Ken Gronbach is a demo demographer, futurist, and author. He's the author of the book Upside, Profiting from the Profound Demographic Shifts Ahead that came out in April of this year. 
And Laura Reese is a marketing expert, best-selling author. She's latest book is called Battle Cry, Winning the Battle for the Mind with a slogan and visual hammer, Nail Your Brand with the Emotional Power of a Visual. So welcome to the show, Ken and Laura. Thanks so much. It's so great to be here. So let's yeah. start with, let's start with uh, Ken. I mean, you're a demographer, and your book has a great story of what a demographer does. What does a demographer do? What does a demographer do? Listen, I'm driving in my car. My daughter's in the backseat with a friend about 10 years ago. She's 25 now. She was 15 then. Friend leans over and says, what does your dad do? She could have asked me, but she didn't. And um, my daughter said, he's a demographer. And there was a pause. There's always a pause. And then her friend said, is that like an accountant or an economist? And I'm up front, and I'm thinking, Libby, give her a good answer. Come on. (laughs) And my daughter looked at her friend and said, no, no, accountants and economists count money and stuff. My dad counts people, and people are more important than money and stuff. Amen. So that's what I do. (laughs) I count people. Amen. Now, Laura, tell tell us a little bit about yourself and what you inherited from your uh, very wise old man, Al. (laughs) Well, he is is very wise indeed, my father as well as the father of positioning. I've been working together with him 20 years, and he's still going strong, and so am I. So, you know, he started out with an ad agency and, and brought brought to the world this idea of positioning and, and really changing how we talk and think about communications. It used to be, you know, companies used advertising and they communicated out what they were, what their benefits were. And instead, um, you know, Al, and the idea was that you not look and think about who you are. Uh, and, you know, I think that so many young kids today are so obsessed with who they are. The real key, the, the real thing that's going to make you successful is looking inside the mind of the consumer. That's where you win or lose. And understanding, and that's why, you know, demographics Graphics are so important. Understanding who the consumer is, what their mind, what's in their mind, and then position your brand in that mind. Finding the open holes that are available and how you can fill those open holes using visuals and slogans and other techniques. Right, so, and, and you're the author of Battle Cry, winning the I battle am. for the mind with a slogan that kills. And there was a really killing slogan called "Yes, we can." <laughs> yes, we can. Yes, we can. And that dumb slogan got Barack Obama into the White House. <laughs> Is that correct? <laughs> no. <laughs> no, indeed. But he, he did have a killer visual hammer and, you know, change you can believe in. I mean, hope and change. I mean, they, they were powerful communicate. I mean, they were the masters of marketing. I mean, it really was, uh, you know, such a... Um, a, a change, a, a change election to see, you know, and really to see how Hillary got beat twice by yep. by marketing yes, techniques she did. So, by two very different candidates, and yep. she got beat on both ends because she never really did develop a visual. She never really did develop a, a message. Um, you know, she was always flip flopping all over the place with different words, and they, they never really had a, a, a beauty and some poetic uh, way of, you know focusing an idea and then making and saying it in a memorable way. Exactly. So all those things. Exactly. So, Ken, why is it so important to count the people? Why is that important? Well, I get a call from Levi Strauss in 1998. Remember Levi's? I do. Yeah. Yeah. An incredible product. An absolutely incredible product. They had an incredible branding. They, They were from in San Francisco. Their marketing couldn't have been any better. They were domestically produced. They were doing about, they're privately held doing $8 billion. And, and a, the chief marketing officer called me up in Connecticut because he heard about my research in demography. And he said, Ken, we're about to raise our price on Levi's. We're going to double the price and charge what we charge in Europe, which is about 75 bucks a pair. And he said, but all of a sudden our sales seem to be flat and going down. Do we have a demographic issue? <laughs> and I said, uh, who's your customer? And he said, an 18 to 34-year-old man or woman. Now, remember, oh. this is 1998. Oh. And I said, okay, uh, you, you, you do realize you're a baby boomer business, and baby boomers were born 45 to 64. And he said, uh, yeah, he said, absolutely, baby boomer business. I said, okay, well, the last baby boomer <laughs> turned 34 in 1998, and there was silence at the other end. And he said, uh, he said what does that mean? I said, you'll find out. <laughs> Their sales went from eight billion dollars to two in about three years. Right. It and, doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what kind of product you have. It doesn't matter what kind of positioning you have. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. What matters is, do you have customers in your demo? And the thing was, I mean, how can those guys be that stupid when I think it was Brooke Shields got up there and says, "Nothing gets between me and my Calvins." <laughs> I mean, I'm a baby boomer, but I'd rather go for Brooke than some fat butt old guy. You know what I mean? Give me a break here. Yeah. They didn't. They didn't see that coming. No, you want another one? What? Yeah. Uh, anyway, okay. And what yeah. about Jordash? I mean, everybody was wearing Jordash. 
Remember that? Well, I was wearing Jordache. Yeah. Yeah, Jean Schmees. Listen, uh, uh, Lee Iacocca. What'd you call it? <laughs> Jean Schmees. <laughs> Lee, Lee Iacocca's 1960. He's down on Woodward Avenue in, in, in uh, Detroit looking at the cars the kids are building for themselves. Detroit at the time was building 6,000-pound thinned wonders. And the kids on, in, in Wood, on Woodward Avenue, who, where they raced their hot rods illegally, were building uh, lightweight, two-door, powerful cars that are fun to drive. Those, that's what the, the custom hot rods were. And Lee Iacocca said, we're building the wrong car. He said, he said we, we need to build a different car for the baby boomers. So uh, in 1964, they introduced the Mustang. It was 64 and a half, actually. He anticipated selling 100,000 units of Mustangs between 64 and a half and August of 65. They sold 700,000. And they could have sold, for every single Mustang that sold, there were 10 buyers. It could have changed Ford forever if they simply counted and, and, and appraised properly the size of the market. Once again, it's Robert Kiyosaki the Rich Dad Radio Show. We're talking to the great... Um, marketing experts in a broad category of marketing. One is Ken Gronbach, and he's a demographer, futurist, and author. Other is Laura Reese, and she's the person who takes demography and information or data and converts it to a message. And the, and for those of you who are in business, want to be in business, or want to keep your job, this is a very important program for you to be listening to, because demography is destiny. I mean, whatever that's going on is going to affect your future. And as Ken says, you count people. And I, and I just really can't believe that Levi's could not see the difference. I mean, Laura, let me ask you this. You know, from the, I don't know if you remember that when Brooke Shields, I think it was Brooke Shields. Of she course said, I remember. Nothing gets between me and my Calvins. What do you think that did to a weak-minded old guy like me? <laughs> <laughs> the battle Turns for my brain. Mess. Obviously, if you remember it 30 years later, you, you can see how that that image uh, drove into your mind. And, and she was an, an iconic model. Oh, uh, listen, the, the really interesting things about jeans and, and fashion and, and really anything and why, you know, understanding the demographics is so important because every generation offers a new opportunity to build new brands. Because every new generation, what do they want to do? They want... They want their own thing. They reject their pants. Whatever their parents are wearing, they don't want to wear that. That's why, you know, Brooke Shields and, you know, the kids all of a sudden wore jeans instead of, you know, their parents are wearing spandex pants and other stuff. And jeans became big. And, of course, Levi's, as you said, Levi's became a big deal, particularly of a certain generation. The younger generation didn't want to, you know, wear what their parents were wearing. That wasn't cool. And so, you know, as the, the generation that identified with Levi's and as they got older, they bought fewer jeans. The problem is the companies think that their brand is going to last forever when many times it is very specifically tied to a generation um, who, who thinks about it, loves it, and the younger one, you know, rejects against that. Now, it's not, you know, it's not a, it doesn't mean game over. It means you need new brands targeted to those new generations that want to stand for their own thing. In cars, you see that, you know, always, again, the, op the opportunity uh, for, for a new generation is to, the, to do the opposite. The Volkswagen Beetle... Uh, around the same time as the Mustang, again, a, a small, ugly, reliable car as opposed to the big boats that most of Detroit was making. And, of course, the Volkswagen Beetle as you know, iconic uh, brand, image, uh, marketing, everything that went around with it, as well as PR opportunities. Right. So when we come back, we'll be going into cars. And the, what is the history of cars? You know, for how many of you out there is your business attached to the automobile? And what do you think is going to happen to the automobile in the near future? Because it's all about demography, because demography is destiny, and how do you position your product? Like, once again, when I, after I read Laura Reese's father's book, Al Reese's book, Positioning, I positioned Rich Dad. What the rich teach their kids, the poor and middle class do not. You're listening to the Rich Dad Radio Show with Robert Kiyosaki. Thanks for tuning in to the Rich Dad Radio Show. If you like what you're hearing, Go to iTunes or Android, subscribe to the show, and leave a rating and review to help other financially-minded people like you find the Rich Dad Radio Show. Thanks for tuning in, and keep on learning. And now, the Rich Dad Radio Show and the Rich Dad Company voicemail box are proud to present Rich Dad's number one fan. 
You so suck. You suck. Rich Dad's number one fans. Every business owner and real estate investor needs asset protection. Entities like LLCs, S, or C-Corps are vital to protect yourself and your business. Let Corporate Direct guide you through the process of forming a corporation or LLC. Corporate Direct is owned by Rich Dad Advisor Garrett Sutton and is Robert Kiyosaki's choice for corporate formation. Mention Rich Dad and receive $100 off a formation. Call 800-600-1760. That's 800-600-1760. Or visit online at CorporateDirect.com. That's CorporateDirect.com. Log on to RichDadRadio.com while you listen. Now back to Robert Kiyosaki. Welcome back, Robert Kiyosaki, the Rich Dad Radio Show, the good news and bad news about money. And we're talking about today on this section, what's the future of the auto industry? I mean, if you were in the auto industry, what's your future? And so you can listen to the Rich Dad Radio program anytime, anywhere on iTunes and Android. And all of our programs are archived at Rich Dad Radio. We archive them because repetition is how we learn. And by listening to this program again, whole new ideas will come into your head. And you'll be able to see things you missed the first time you listened to it. But more importantly, if you have friends or family members or business associates who need to listen to this program... Please go to richdadradio.com and download this program and have them listen to uh, our guest today is Ken Gronbach and Laura Reese. Ken is a demographer, a futurist, and an author. And his saying is, as was my saying, demography is destiny. What's going on in the population actually determines the future of you and your business. And Laura Reese is a marketing strategist, best-selling author, and co-founder of Reese and Reese a consulting forum she runs with her father, Al Reese, the legendary positioning pioneer. And Laura, we thank your dad because his book, Positioning, made me a very, very rich man when I was a young guy (laughs) starting out. Any comments, Kim? Well, I also want to add that Ken is the author of Upside. I highly recommend this book, Profiting from the Profound Demographic Shifts Ahead. Ken, you make it very, very simple in terms of what's happening with the different generations and how those different generations and the number of people in those generations really have profound impacts on business and our future. So highly recommend that book and highly recommend Laura Reese's book, Battle Cry, Winning the Battle for the Mind with a Slogan That Kills and Visual Hammer, Nail Your Brand with the Emotional Power of a Visual. And they go hand, those two books go hand in hand. And so once again, I was talking to these young guys, you know, uh, just yesterday up in Montana and they all come in the tell me they're entrepreneurs. I asked them two very simple questions. Said, what's your demographics and what's your positioning? They had no idea what I was talking about. I went, how in the world can you call yourself an entrepreneur when you don't know what dem- demographics means and you don't know how to position your brand? And they looked at me like I was from outer space. Look, this is very, very simple stuff. If you're, you got to know this stuff. <laughs> if you're not in your customer's mind, you don't exist yeah. anywhere. Yep. So we're just talking to Ken about the auto industry and the 65 or 64 and a half Mustang. And I, I, I wish I could say I bought it, but my mommy bought it for me. <laughs> she did it. She wanted one. So she <laughs> bought a little yellow, yellow Ford Mustang hardtop, unfortunately, automatic. Should have been a, th- a three-speed with a convertible and much more valuable. But anyway, she and I love cars. I just love cars. I mean, you can ask Kim. I've never gone past a car I didn't want to buy. That's correct. And Kim, you're talking about Generation Y is not that interested in cars. What's going on with that demographic? And and Generation Y is what what age? Generation Y right now is 13 to 32. Okay. And they're bigger than the baby boomers. 86 million. They're about two two birth years bigger. Wow. They're huge. Biggest generation we've ever produced in the United States. So what did you discover about cars and that generation? That uh, the love affair is over. It's it's kind of frightening, actually, because I, I'm a car guy. I have a 1965 Mustang K Coupe, which is a 271-horse uh, black-on-black four-speed, which is worth a lot of money. Oh, yeah. But, God, why? yeah. but the, uh, the the kids are not impressed with cars. They just – my – I can. I'm listening to my daughters, and you know, I, I'm constantly listening, listening to them. And I said, "Should I come pick you up at, uh, you know, at a party?" And they said, "No, Dad, we'll just call an Uber." <laughs> yep. And I said, 
what? How can that be? How can you? They're spending a lot less time in cars. They're, they're overall, really interested in cell phones, though. I'll tell you that much. What's that? They're very interested in cell phones. Oh, now, listen, if, if, you, if, you, if you gave them the option, uh, give up your cell phone or give up your car, which one do you think they give up first? The car. So <laughs> Ken, that so cell phone is, I mean, that's their identity. So, Ken, okay, Ken, well, what's, so why is that? What's going on? What is that? Gee, in your book, Upside, very, very important book for all you people who want to want to know about the future, you said something like for every time Uber or something like this, they, 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 they need fewer cars. Is that, is that what's happening? The cell phone is actually causing the need for fewer cars? Yeah, they, they, they don't need to own a car to get where they want to go. And that's the difference. Because if they have options and they can just call up Uber and Uber can take them anywhere and Uber can do so, you know, wicked cheap price, what do they care? Why, why, would, they, why would they want the, the financial responsibility of an automobile? All the insurance and, and upkeep and maintenance and insurance. Yeah, all, all that part of it. So it's, it's the, the, the love affair, the bloom is off the rose on automobiles. And because they're spending less time in cars, it's one of the speculations is that's why teen pregnancies are going way down. Oh, there I, you go. Hey, I've Ken, I'm glad you said that. If I, if I had two daughters, I'd say I'm glad they're not in that car. <laughs> <laughs> so um, and the other thing that I noticed demographically is the old guys my age, you know all these big uh, Barrett Jackson. They, they came the muscle cars out. The you know the Camaros and the, the car uh, auctions, car auctions and all this stuff. It's the end for them too, isn't it? The muscle car. You know, I, I hate to say it, but yeah, it is. Yeah, my uh, friend, my friends were buying you know the like the '69 Camaro or the '69 uh, Chevelle 396 SS. Their value is dropping right now, according to Haggerty, the insurance company. Yeah. Well, listen, uh, we're losing a boomer every four seconds. Oh, jeez. <laughs> Excuse me, every eight seconds. I hope seconds. I finish a show. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. See, once, once, the, uh, once the boomers start to die in mass, now, remember, the, now the boomers are peaked at age 60. That's, that's the critical year. 1957 was the big year. 4,300,000 live births. So 57, 58, 59, 60, 61 are the peak years for the boomers. So as they, as that, they start dying, the, the, the market for everything that they consume will drop like a stone. So let me explain this because I mentioned Calvin's and Brooke Shields and the Calvin Klein jeans and all this. The other, the other book on marketing I read is the Raisin That Era Car, you know, the muscle car, the 69 to about 70, 73, I think. Those cars, the Ford Mustangs and all this stuff was so important is because for a guy, a male, that's the years they were most sexually potent. So when they get, you know, so that they're, they're, let's say they're 68 today, they climb in a 68 Mustang, you know, they, they get some lead in their pencil. You know what I mean? They get very, very excited. But that's going to end pretty soon. What do you think well, about people that? Have very, people have very strong attachments to brands. And uh, for sure, you know, that, that you know, nostalgia runs deep. Uh, yep. And uh, for certain generations, they are attached to cars. For others, it's cell phones. And who knows what's going to be next. Yep. yep. So, so let me ask, start with Ken, and then I want to go to Laura. Um, Ken, one of the really important points you make in your book is when there was a downturn in the economy, you said a lot of that wasn't caused necessarily on because... Um, the economy wasn't wasn't doing so well. And more importantly, it was that the next generation, Generation X, there were nine million less people than the baby boomers. So yeah, businesses freefall. Yeah, you you said yeah, that you, Gen X shut down schools, hospitals, car sales, housing, toy industry. Exactly. If you take a look at the um, the populations of the United States, it's a series of peaks and valleys. The peak of the boomers was was 1957. The trough of Generation X was 1974. In 1957, there were 4,300,000 babies born. In 1974, there were 3 million babies born. Now, that, that kind of a precipitous drop, which is like 30%, yep. when you follow that through the system, when, when, that, when that approaches a demo, it wipes it out. And right now, the Generation X is uh, 33 to 52. So anything that happened 33 to 52 right now is suffering. Now, one of, the, one of the remedies, thank God, is the Latino that poured into our country because they filled in exactly where we needed them. Because Generation X could not provide the labor to satisfy the needs of the, of the baby boomer, uh, to serve the baby boomer, essentially. Uh, Latinos poured in 
and occupied a space exactly where we needed them. So what needs to happen is socioeconomically, they need to aspire, or we're going to ha- not have enough taxpayers in 10 or 15 years. Good once again, Robert Kiyosaki, the Rich Dad Radio Show. We're talking about a very important subject. The subject is called demography. Because demography is destiny or population. And our two guests today are Ken Gronbach. He's a demography futurist and author. And Lower Reese, she's a marketing strategist. Ken is the author of Upside. Please get that book because you want to see the future or the past, whatever you want to see. It's in Upside because that's your future. And Laura is author of Battle Cry, Winning the Battle for the Mind with a Slogan That Kills. So I, I just want to follow up. So Generation X, we saw this downturn. Generation Y is now bigger than baby boomers, born 85 to 2004. So let me start with Laura. Where are the promising businesses coming with Generation Y? I mean, obviously, you know, the, the obvious answers of, of tech and, and young people are using all types of tech uh, to, to do most of their lives. You see the dramatic shift, I think, in shopping because of the, the large young generation that are, you know, moving to Amazon at, you know, at a, a whip it, just a rapid pace recently. Um, so I think you see, you know, just acceleration of, of how really the Internet, we finally, after, you know, tw- almost 20 years of the Internet, how, how it's really radically changing everything we do. And the younger generation, you know, is more willing to, to go with those changes, like, you know, giving up the car and just using Uber, uh, and like we've talked about again. And But I think, you know, what's really exciting, and, and you know, there is a challenge for existing brands, for, for example, packaged food is in real trouble today. Uh, younger generations are just wholesale rejecting it, uh, and they're unable to, 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 to deal with the negative perceptions that they have. And that's one, one key idea of positioning is once you have a, an established position in the mind, you can't change it. The best way is to launch new brands uh, and companies and entrepreneurs that launch new brands. Uh, that's where the big opportunities are. And that's what Coca-Cola did by buying all these, uh, what do you call that, Designer waters and designer juices. Yeah, and all they that they stuff. have got you know they have gotten to smart water right. and they spent a boatload of money on Monster. The sad thing right. is, is they were just unable to launch those types of new brands and new categories within the company. I think you know it becomes very difficult to, to to really challenge yourself in that big company to take those kinds of risks and go after small markets. I mean, they weren't able for you know Red Bull was under a hundred million for ten years. A big company like Coke just you know is isn't likely to stick around that long for waiting for something to take off. Uh, so that, you know, they've, they've had to spend a lot of money, and, and they're a company really that's seriously in trouble as consumers are rejecting high fructose corn syrup and sugared sodas and such. Well, once again, it's Robert Kiyosaki, the Rich Jet Radio Show. When we come back, we'll be, again, we'll be talking to Ken and Laura Reese, and Ken's book is Upside, and Laura's book is Battle Cry and Visual Hammer, crucial books at this time and this juncture. When we come back, we'll be finding more about what's going to change in the future. You're listening to The Rich Dad Radio Show with Robert Kiyosaki. Rich Dad Coaching offers a phenomenal variety of services and custom strategies, all aimed at ensuring a secure, comfortable, and rich future for you and your family. Now you can get weekly access to exclusive Rich Dad Coaching services through our live stream events. Go to richdad.com and click on the On Demand banner at the top of the homepage. Great new videos are updated regularly. Get inside knowledge and insights from Robert Kiyosaki himself, Rich Dad Coaching Professionals, and more. Go to richdad.com and click on the On Demand banner at the top of the homepage. This is the Rich Dad Radio Show, the good news and bad news about money. Here's Robert Kiyosaki. Welcome back, Robert Kiyosaki, the Rich Dad Radio Show. We're talking about the good news and the bad news for the car industry. Now, we're talking about the shift of demography. What's going on in the populations of the, not only the United States, but of the world? Our guests today are Ken Gronbach. He's a demographer, futurist, and author. His book is Upside. I recommend anybody who's breathing can fog a mirror, read this book, <laughs> because you better figure out what's coming in the future. And Laura Reese, she's a marketing strategist, best-selling author, and co-founder of Race and Race. Her, her book is Battle Cry. Another book is Visual Hammer. Her, web, her website is race.com. These are very important people. They can add to your future and your profitability, but may also help you not go into a demise and crash like the people in the car industry are. Because I just can't imagine somebody not being interested in cars, but that's what Ken is, is coming. 
in the future. Any comments, Ken? Yes, well, right before the break, we were talking to Laura about the, the businesses that will be doing well under Gen Y. And Ken, if I can ask you, you're saying Gen Y is bigger than the baby boomers, and that's going to be really good news for the economy, good news for businesses. Is that correct? What, what's that your take correct. on Gen Y? Well, Generation Y is, is uh, 86 million uh, people between the ages of 13 and 32. They're finally moving out of their parents' homes. But we, we have 155 million housing units in the United States and 330 million people. The two largest parts of our population, 80 million baby boomers and 86 million kids are parting ways. As they part ways, we physically do not have enough structures for uh, the Gen Y kids to live. So we, either they're going to live on the ground or we're going to have to build uh, houses, apartments, you know, whatever. So what businesses should you get into? A huge, huge business with a 25 million housing unit shortage is uh, housing. Get into housing, get into housing, get into housing, whatever. And if you can figure out a way to prefab houses and have them look nice, that would be great. Another big one, I just spoke to Azuzu Trucks. And Azuzu Trucks are the, the, the smaller trucks and, uh, that make deliveries to the home. They call it the final mile. And they asked me, they said, you know, what kind of trucks should we build? Should we build small trucks or big trucks? And I said, yes. And they said, what do you mean? I said, you're going to get killed. I said, delivery is going to be everything. Delivery, delivery, delivery. Get into the delivery business. Delivery of everything? Everything. Anything you can find in the household. Anything, any yeah. building materials, food, dish soap, anything. So once again, it's Robert Kiyosaki. We're talking about the future. Demography is destiny. We talked about how the car industry is probably toast as we know it. But also the food industry. I was just out in Montana. But I was on a ranch, 100-year ranch, right next to the Canadian border. I mean, I could, the, the house next door was in Canada. And these guys have been 100-year cattle ranchers. And so they were, they were celebrating their 100th anniversary of their great-grandfather and all this stuff who started the ranch. And the rancher in charge of it now is a baby boomer, and he was very disturbed. He says, my kids' kids won't eat meat. And, and he says, what does that mean to me as a cattle rancher? And I said, they don't eat meat. He said, what do they eat? He says, lentils. So <laughs> as a cattle rancher, he had to pack it. He had to go buy some lentils, and he says, you know, there's not one lentil plant in all of Montana. <laughs> anyway, but, so, but anyway, I'm sitting there listening to all this. He's disturbed because his whole existence and his, the history of the ranch depends upon cattle. So, Ken, you had a, in your book, Upside, you had a comment on cattle or meat or whatever it is. Yeah, if my daughter's ever discovered that, that a, a McDonald's hamburger really started as a cow, they would never touch it. <laughs> Listen, there are no more secrets, and, and, and these young people are very educated. What's happening to, to McDonald's sales right now? The will are tanking. Why are they tanking? Because, they, you know, Generation Y has finally figured out what their parents have been feeding them for 20 years. There are so many changes that are going to take place as a result of there being no more secrets. Is meat good for you? I don't know. Probably is. So, Laura, what, what, does, what does that mean to you, to that rancher sitting in Montana, with herds of cattle running around, and the kids want to eat lentils. Yeah, that's right. Well, believe me, I was one of those kids because I have refused to eat meat since I was uh, a young teenager. And I used to be the weirdo, and today I'm cool, and I'm you know with seemingly more and more people. Um, and it, it, you, very interesting point. The access to information is so huge. When I was a kid looking up, you know trying to find books in the library about being a vegetarian, it was very hard to get access to information. Today, you have immediate access to, you know, anything you are going to a fast food, you can find out what exactly you're eating, which is usually people are turned off by that. And so this, this access to information and, and people turning, usually food trends change very slowly. Um, you know, people like what they eat and they keep eating it. Um, but, you know, I think with the access to information, people are not just eating what they like, but learning more about it and having a, you know, a, a mind experience with it of, oh, I don't want to eat maybe that pretty little cow. Um, and, and so it's made for a more rapid change and people thinking and really, really making better decisions, I think, and hopefully, I think, about the food that they're eating and we're seeing, you know, higher quality food coming into the market. And again, this wholesale rejection of the processed food industry that is losing billions of dollars as people are making these switches and, and just rejecting, um, you know, the the, the process market. So what? So what is uh, Ken? What is the impact of Amazon buying Whole Foods? What does that mean to you? That means that food shopping is going to change totally. How, how so? Happen? 
Well, it's, 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 instead of going to the food store, the food store is going to come to you. That's and that's not a happen. new idea. I mean, let's not forget, there was a big investment, you know, not too many years ago, uh, but with Wetvan that had this idea of really what we're talking about now, that all your food is going to be delivered to you. Um, and they bought, and fortunately, they did it the wrong way. Um, they, they didn't think about the marketing. They didn't think about the mind that the market wasn't necessarily ready for it. They did it, you know, a nationwide approach instead of, you know, starting with markets that might be, it might work better for. New York has been, you know, in this category for many years, uh, you know, that the market is just better primed for it. People have more money, not enough time to get to the store. Um, so there's lots of things going on that, that it's made it, I think, it's the right time for this just really to accelerate, if you will. But it's not, a, it's not a new idea, but you have to do it right, and you have to think about the marketing side of it as well. What would you like to tell your listeners as to what's in it for them if they read to read Battle Cry and Visual Hammer. What, why is it so important that you spend so much time writing a book on it? What do you want our yeah. listeners to know now? You know, if you want to be a successful entrepreneur, there's there's two sides of the coin. One, you need a fantastic idea, and I think there's lots of entrepreneurs out there that have those ideas. But the second thing, and just as important, you have to get into the mind of the consumer. And how are you going to do that? Uh, you know, you can't just scream from the mountaintop. You know, it's just not going to work. So what I say is, you know, you need the right name, and you also need a visual that can c communicate your idea in an emotional way, like the contour bottle for Coke. Um, oh, and you need a battle cry, some sort of slogan that's easy to pass along, uh, uses mind tricks like you know, uh, rhyming and alliteration and, and other ways to, to, to make it easy to remember so that people will get excited and remember you and then go out and buy your product or and, and that's why Brooke Shields and her Calvin jeans are still burned in my brain. Well, you know, I don't know how many you know, years is that now? Think about, think about what you did. Rich Dad, Poor Dad is an exact, um, you know, one of my top five principles in terms of building a battle cry because it's the reversal idea. If you just said, you know, Rich Dad or just said Poor Dad, it was the combination of those things right. that made it so memorable. So great job on that. Thank you very much. So, Ken, you spent a lot of time writing this book upside. Uh, you're, you're, you're actually a stand-up comedian. I love the way you talk <laughs> and all this. And uh, you make a very important subject. I, I want to let everybody know, demography is destiny is one of my battle cries, Laura. You know, when I look at something, I yeah. say demography is destiny. So, Ken, what do you want the listeners to know from your book, Upside? Why did you write the book, and why do you think it's so important? The principal importance is, uh, what's the most important question in marketing? It, it's, not, it's not psychographics. It's not new products. It's, it's not any of those things. It's how big is my market, and is my market getting bigger or smaller? Because the rest of it's window dressing. And once you understand where the people are going to, going to be, and you can understand where they're being born, where they're moving, and where they're dying, you can understand markets going out 50 years. So it makes it very easy to predict products and services that will sell. Right, but your book brought up something that was very upside, brought up something very, very, very important. America has a growing population. The rest of the world doesn't. Other thing you bring up, there's a lot of Chinese young men who don't have any Brooke Shields to look at, right? <laughs> well, there's 90 million, 90 million young men under 40 years old in China that will never marry because they have no female counterparts because well, that, they were because of infanticide. Well, that's 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 an export business right there. I mean, jeez. Well, China's in trouble right now. What do you think Xi Jinping is doing here? Xi Jinping has a problem. Under 40 years old, he's got a deficit in his population that's a half a billion. Right. And when it gets to the point where those are the people that have to run the country, the, the heavy lifters, who's going to care for the the, the billion elderly and the billion Correct. young? Correct. And the other thing I I was. Um, reading in another book on demography was that these, how many young men who are lonely are there in China? <laughs> 90 million. He says, he says that's going to be a major problem because a guy without... Well, they, they're cranky and they have yeah. nuclear weapons. And, yeah, and they can't get access to anything good on the internet. So. <laughs> there you go. They block everything so, over there. So, Laura, any advice how to market to these 80 million horny young guys? No, funny. <laughs> funny. I can't solve that one. Okay. <laughs> but let me ask, okay, so you, let's talk about the baby boomers because we're still here. We're still here, but we are getting older, and some of us are dying. So they're obviously, because it is still such a huge market, there's got to be a lot of upside for baby boomers and what what is the upside ken 
Well, the upside is the fact that baby boomers are refusing to die. <laughs> <laughs> we're yeah, we're going to no, go out hard. Flat out refusing. <laughs> no, well, 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 the big, you know, the, the, there were demographers that uh, forecast that starting in the year 2000, we'd see a tsunami of baby boomer deaths, and it never happened. And so the, what's happened is the, is the death care industry, the, the elder care industry, and the health care industry have all fallen asleep, and they're about to get hit, whacked, because the, the baby boomers are currently – uh, 53 to 72 years old. Now, 70 is the new is the new 50, certainly, but we're not going to last forever. But so what we have is a barbell economy. We have a huge population at one end with nine trillion dollars in the bank with a T, and then at the other end of the population we have their kids, 86 million, that are just now starting households and and needing housing. So I I think the uh, the uh, economy of the United States is going to spike and not look back in my lifetime. So what do you have to say to that, Laura, about the marketing, That's too? good news. Well, Maybe. yeah, there's, you know what? There's great opportunities um, to, to go after that generation to simplify technology. They love technology, but they can't always get their hands around it. So things like the Jitterbug phone, which made that really simple phone for older folks, really took off. So absolutely, there's always opportunities to narrow the focus, to think about what generation, what product can we make that will make their lives better, easier, just for them. Way too many companies try to take a product for everybody that's the wrong direction you got to narrow your focus and many times the generational focus can be a great thing and just want to say cars are not totally dead because look at the success of tesla going after the new type of vehicle electric which has a lot of people excited and i th and i think the driverless car is being made for the baby boomers because we refuse to give up our car because <laughs> <laughs> they can't right. drive anyway right. so once again i thank i want to thank the two of you and you know instead of uh brooke shield saying nothing gets between my jeans you're going to say Laura I can help you get into your jeans because <laughs> you put on so much weight anyway I want to thank the two of you Ken and Laura Ken is the my author pleasure. of um, Upside Profiting from the Profound Demographic Shifts Ahead came out April highly highly recommend that book you got to read that book yep. and Laura Reese's latest book is Battle Cry came out in September 2015 plus Visual Hammer Laura's website is ries.com, and Ken's is kcgdirect.com. And I thank the two of you for sharing your wisdom. Thank you so much. This was exceptional, exceptional. Take care, guys. Okay, thank keep, you. Up, keep yeah. up the good thank work. You. Thank, thank you for you. your generosity. And we come back going for the most popular part of our program, which is Ask Robert. You're listening to The Rich Dad Radio Show with Robert Kiyosaki. Every business owner and real estate investor needs asset protection. Entities like LLCs, S, or C-Corps are vital to protect yourself and your business. Let Corporate Direct guide you through the process of forming a corporation or LLC. Corporate Direct is owned by Rich Dad Advisor Garrett Sutton and is Robert Kiyosaki's choice for corporate formation. Mention Rich Dad and receive $100 off a formation. Call 800-600-1760. That's 800-600-1760. Or visit online at CorporateDirect.com. That's CorporateDirect.com. The key to achieving your dreams is to develop a rich mindset instead of an excuse mindset. Instead of saying, I can't afford that, ask yourself, how can I afford that? It's amazing how a simple shift in thinking can open a world of new ideas and endless possibilities. Let the Rich Dad Company help kickstart your journey to financial freedom. Robert Kiyosaki and the Rich Dad Company have compiled Robert's top secrets to creating a rich mindset, now available in a 10-minute ebook, How to Achieve a Rich Mindset. This offer is available for a limited time only, so get yours today. Get your free ebook, How to Achieve a Rich Mindset. Go to richdad.com and look for the banner. Again, this is available only for a few days, so act fast. Go to richdad.com and look for the How to Achieve a Rich Mindset banner. Financial freedom begins with financial education. Now back to Robert Kiyosaki and the Rich Dad Radio Show. Welcome back, Robert Kiyosaki and the Rich Dad Radio Show. The good news and bad news about money. Our two guests today, Ken Gronbach, he's a demography futurist and author, and Laura Reese, marketing strategist. Her father is Al Reese, uh, author of Positioning. That book has made me millions. Demography and branding and positioning are essential for any entrepreneur. 
So what's the, so we're going to ask Robert, so I thank them. So any comments before we go, Kim? Um, just one comment is that uh, we were talking at the break about the housing, because Ken Gronbach said that housing was going to be huge for Gen Y. and um, In this country. In this country. But we also have to look at how that could be different, too, because I, I'm seeing what I'm reading about and studying about is that a lot of these communities with Gen Y, they're more communal. They want to be around like-minded. They want to network more. They have community spaces in the complexes where they're coming together. And I just think of my niece. She has a business, she and her husband. And once a month, they have a community meeting of their clients and friends, and they all get together. They have a question like, what difference do you want to make in the world? And they write it down, and they talk about it, and they're very involved, and it's all about being like-minded community networking. So I think that's going to be a big facet when it comes to housing. Fascinating. Fascinating. Okay. Melissa, what's the first question for Ask Robert? And once again, if you have a question for Robert or me, you can submit your questions to Ask Robert at richdadradio.com. Our first question today, Robert, comes from Rachel in Australia. Favorite book, Cash Flow Quadrant. She says, what do you do when your other half keeps judging and challenging your daily activities regarding money and finances? Well, that's a tough question. It doesn't make a difference if you're in Australia or anywhere. That's a very big problem anywhere. You know, oh, like we, one, one, of, one of the biggest lies ever told is that, oh, and they lived happily ever after again. There's no such thing as that. Yeah, and we, and we women just love having to justify how we spend our money and love having to explain ourselves to our husbands or our partners. We just love doing that. But I would say there was a song by Tammy Wynette that, look, <laughs> as, as a professional coming. investor, you always cut your losses early. Cut your losses early. For example, I got married, you know, and the, after nine months, I realized I really made a big mistake. Or should I say, she made a big mistake by marrying me. I think it could have been mutual. No, no, no. She was, I was my fault. So I just cut my losses. You know what I mean? As look, there is nothing more miserable than coming home and hating the person you're sitting there with, eating your bonbons and watching TV. So you may as well cut your losses early. That's my advice. Well, you know, if you're not on the same page financially, if you're not, if you've got different values, I mean, it, there's a lot of work to be done. And if you're willing to do the work, both of you, great. But if you're not, it's going to be, it's going to be hard. And someday Kim's going to write the book on marriage, but uh, that was like 12 <laughs> years ago. But someday. no, we have, we, have, we have a great marriage and Kim and I have come through hell. And but, we but, work at it. But we're very clear on our goals yep. as a couple. Yep. And money plays a big part of it because money is power money is freedom, but so is study. You see, you have to ask yourself, is your spouse or future ex-spouse, do they study or not study? If they don't study, you know, drop back and punt. That's really, that's what divorce is for. And and do they, do, do each of you work on each other? Because look, if you're in a marriage and it's, let's say you're 10 years, well, you're not the same person you were 10 years ago and neither is your spouse. So you gotta grow together or you're gonna grow apart. Yeah, I met this one one person, you know. He hated his wife since the day they got married. Jeez. Oh, <laughs> they now have four kids, and she sued for divorce, and she's taken him for everything he built because she raised the kids. I'm going, holy mackerel, how did that happen? He says, I don't know, man. I says, we worked hard on it, but and we knew it wasn't going to work. Now that I'm a rich man, she's divorcing me, and she's going to take like 65000 a month. I said, Hell, I'd marry you for that. But anyway, <laughs> you know, look. Maybe she had look, a plan. Ladies and gentlemen, money is a very important part of marriage. So if you can't get along with that, then you probably should cut your losses early. Next question, Melissa. Our next question comes from Grant in Canada. Favorite book, Rich Dad, Poor Dad. It says, what would you say are the best categories for future growth and investment? Well, that's why you should read Upside by Ken Gronbach, because it's, it's going to be generational, really. So whatever you're interested in, but as I said with Laura Race, I started studying her father years ago when I was in my 20s, I think. And you got to study. I, I, Kim and I study together, right? Yes, we do. And so really, your future really depends upon, the reason we played that question on divorce early, is she's from Australia, and as Ken uh, Gronbach says in his book, Upside, the good thing about Australia, there's more kangaroos than human beings. You, you might find a kangaroo that likes you. You know what I mean? <laughs> Who knows? Who knows out there? So anyway, ladies and gentlemen, you have more opportunities than ever before. 
So keep asking those questions. Well, you know what I like about upside is when generally people just talk about opportunities, general opportunities, but but Ken breaks it down to the different generations, and each generation has different opportunities. So I would I would re-listen to this program again because there was a lot of great information, and get the book Upside as well. And he talks about in China the sixty million men who are quite um, lonely. This is a problem. (laughs) That's a whole nother business there. Mm -hmm. What a business opportunity that is. Of course. I can't say what that business is over the air, but I'm sure you can figure it out. Next, next question, Melissa. Our next question comes from Avishak in India. Favorite book, Cash Flow Quadrant. It says, hi, Robert. I'm a really big fan of yours. My question is, if you had the chance to study in a top university or join your family business and continue to build the empire, which one would you choose? That's up to you, ma'am. I always say education should take you to where you want to go. So like when I wanted to become a pilot, I went to flight school. It's that simple. But when I wanted to become a real estate investor, learning how to use debt and taxes, I went to real estate school. I think one of the saddest things for me personally is how stupid most people are. They're so naive because they went to school. I was just in Montana. I ran into some really nice, great, great young guys, all college graduates, and they wanted me to talk to them for a while. I just asked them two questions. And that's why Laura Reese and Ken are very important. I asked the first guy, I said, what's your demographics? This yo-yo had no idea what demographics meant. And the sec- second question is how do you position your product? He had no idea what I was talking about. My point of view here is this, school does not teach you that. And if you think that you can get by in life with a college degree, and come up and BS me about trying to invest in their business, and they can't ask the two, answer the two basic questions. Who are your demographics? How do you position your product? I'm not gonna invest with you. Any comments, Kim? Well, I think the question for Abacek, just as you're saying, Robert, is, is what do you want? What, what do you want? What do you wanna be? What do you want to do with your life? Because I think a lot of people, they'll do what their parents want, or they'll do where their friends are going, or they'll do what the peers are doing, but what do you wanna do? What do you wanna be? And so, most people don't have the skill sets to be entrepreneurs. So you can go to college, you can go to Harvard, Yale, and wind up like Obama with no business sense. The same as my poor dad, PhD, but no business skills. So it really is your education never, never stops. The number one skill of an entrepreneur is the ability to sell. You can't sell, hang it up, man. So that's why I went to work for Xerox because they had a great sales training program and every day I got to practice, I got to go out there and knock on doors, handle rejection and all this. The problem with most college graduates, they don't know the real world from theory. That's correct. That is the biggest problem and they don't have the skills to make money. So they become bureaucrats and work for the government. And those are the nastiest, meanest people on planet Earth because they're highly educated, but they're poor people. And ladies and gentlemen, if you can't beat a bureaucrat, I hear people complain about bureaucracy and regulations. Ladies and gentlemen, if you can't outsmart a bureaucrat, you're really stupid. Next question, Melissa. Our next question comes from Gabriella in Canada. Favorite book, Rich Dad, Poor Dad. Says, Robert, based on the new economy era, please share your best three tips to avoid problems for new entrepreneurs. <laughs> I can't avoid believe that. That's a stupid question. <laughs> I'll be really rude on this one. Look, do you have the skills to be an entrepreneur? Yes or no? Do you understand how to sell? Can you stand up and give a speech? Can you analyze market conditions? Do you know how to position a brand or product? Do you understand the demographics going on inside the economy? What country and who is your customer? You know, those are very basic questions. Most importantly, can you take rejection and failure and stand back up again? If you don't have that, go to Harvard and become president of the United States. You know what I mean? That's really what's happening to this world right now. We have a lot of these academic types who went to college, but they have no real world experience. And this, as an entrepreneur, makes me nauseous. Comments, Quinn? Well, yes, Gabriella. If you're looking to be an entrepreneur and you want to avoid problems, do not become an entrepreneur because all an entrepreneur does every single day is face problems. I mean, the purpose of an entrepreneur is to find a problem and solve it. 
So you want to avoid problems, you're not going to make it as an entrepreneur. Your job is to solve problems, not avoid problems. And the reason, like, President Trump and I recommend network marketing all the time, he's the only guy, plus myself, everybody else says save and invest in ETFs. I mean, what a stupid thing that is, man. But anyway, you're going to be an entrepreneur. ETFs and stocks and bonds and mutual funds are for non-entrepreneurs. That's what they're designed for. And an entrepreneur can put their own deal together, finance it, and take it and make huge profits on that stuff. But it takes time to learn that. I recommend and Trump recommends network marketing because if you can succeed at network marketing, you got a good chance of making it as an entrepreneur. So once again, I want to thank Laura Reese and Ken Gronbach. Ken's book, Upside, you gotta be an entrepreneur, gotta read that book. And if you're going to be an entrepreneur, you gotta read Laura Reese's book and her father's book, Positioning, Battle Cry, Winning the Battle of the Mind with a Slogan That Kills. And I thank all of you for submitting your questions. Again, ask Robert at richdadradio.com. Please hear me. If you're gonna be an entrepreneur, it's not theory. You enter reality. And most of the people running our country and our companies, they went to college, they have a lot of theory, but they can't do crap. Thank you for listening.
This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.